On this episode of Inside Boxing Live, it is a very special episode because it is episode number 200 and it is our year-end award show. We're going to break it all down the previous 12 months, take a look ahead to the future and more. Here it is. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Inside Boxing Live, a product of John Boy Media, Dan Canobio, Chris Algieri, super producer Ronnie Jerez in the corner. And today is a very special show, like I said in the open, because not only is it our year-end award show, which is my favorite award show, or my favorite episode of the year, this is episode number 200 of Inside Boxing Live. And fellas, just give me a second so I can just express um, that feeling right there. Uh, we celebrated episode 100 uh, last year, and I thought, wow, I never thought I'd get to 100 episodes, and it was a celebration. Today is a celebration as well, but the last 200 felt like, you know what, this is right. This I belong. This show belongs. It's been a great year. Uh, it's been a great 100 shows or 200 episodes. Uh, I got to thank Chris for coming on board uh, in this past September. He's been on for about 20 episodes, and uh, I want to thank everyone that's been with me since since day one. I started this show September 2017 in the corner of my brother's office in Bellport, Long Island, uh, on the Monday following Canelo Triple G1. Uh, I was able to interview a lot of big names. I was able to, it took me to some really cool places. Uh, took me to a whole new job at John Boy Media, and that's where Chris came on board this past September. And I have a lot of big things, or we have a lot of big things planned uh, for the next 100 episodes for the next year. I'm going to go into more fights, big content on the Inside Boxing Live YouTube page. So I want to thank everyone that's been along since day one. I know who you are and everyone that's hopped along along the ride. Thank you very much. Uh, and then I want to thank you, Chris. And I want to thank you, Ronnie, for joining the show. Uh, that is my my first speech of the day. Uh, thank you, Chris. How are you? How's everything going? Doing great. Doing great. I can thank you guys as well. This is this has been a lot of fun. Um, give me give me something to some 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 reason to talk more about boxing. Like I needed to do that, but uh, apparently I did. So thanks, guys. Well, Chris, Glad I feel here. like you were um, a part of those 200 episodes. You were on the show, I would say, like five or six times in the, like before you officially came on. So you were a big part I, of Inside Boxing Live. That's true. That's true. Yeah. In in studio and call in. So, yeah, that's a good point. We had some some pretty long combos, you know, prior to me joining the, joining the squad. And Ronnie, super producer Ronnie Jerez, who we've gotten to the sport of boxing, who we've made a boxing fan, casual fan. He's been along for the ride, too. He's done some great stuff for us at John Boy Media. Ronnie, how are you? I'm doing great. I can't tell you. The first time we met, you just asked me, do you know how to make a thumbnail? I said yes. I was looking for <laughs> stuff to do. And we created a beautiful friendship and a great partnership here. And I'm just, I've learned so much from boxing, guys. And I thoroughly enjoy every minute of it. Yes. Ronnie just happened to be sitting in front of me that day. He was in my line of like sight. And I was like, hey, I need you to yeah. make a I need you to do something for me. Now he's the producer here of Inside Boxing Live. 200 episodes in the books. Thank you, everyone. Uh, let's get into our show. I am in a tuxedo. If you're listening, you should be watching the show on Inside Boxing Live YouTube. Chris is his Hugh Hefner robe. He's got the stogie. He's got the Hefner glasses. This is this is a scene. We are going to do it big in 2022 year. And I can't believe it's the end of the year, Chris. Can you believe this? Can you believe we're at the end of the, the boxing year, the end of 2022? No, I mean, this year, I mean, every year goes fast, but this one seemed like it, it went even quicker. I mean, um, lots to talk about, a lot of things happened in the boxing world, a lot of things didn't happen. So that, that's that's a major headline for a lot of what we're going to talk about, too. But I mean, all in, it's it's wild to see the, the year pass, but it's another good year in the annals of boxing. Well, before we get into the, the awards, we have some awards, we have fan uh, fans uh, given their awards and, and have voted and we have like some overall stuff. Holidays. Chris, you said you had a very special visitor come through for Christmas this year, other than family. Yeah, yeah, my 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 buddy Mickey Rourke cop stopped by. He was uh, he was in Boca Raton visiting a friend who was ill for the for the holiday because Mickey's that kind of guy. He's just a, he's a good dude, and uh, he just hit me up and I was like, hey man, I don't know what you're doing today, but come on by. You know, we got Mickey not much Rourke. Going on my... Yeah, Mickey Rourke, the uh, the Pope of Greenwich Village himself, Randy the Ram. Um, wow. Well, he he's been a buddy of mine for a long time. He is a huge boxing fan, obviously huge. a professional boxer himself. Um, he's got like nine or ten pro fights, and uh, yeah, you know, he just I mean, he's another one. He just loves talking boxing. That's all he wants to do. So, what spending is his a Christmas on the day. Sport? 
Oh, dude, he has he has a, a love affair just like you and I. I mean, it, it's it's you can't even bring up his movies. He doesn't he doesn't care about Hollywood. Yeah. He doesn't want to talk about it, you know. But um, yeah, he's just he's he's a lover of the sport just like us. That's amazing, Mickey Rourke at the Algeri Christmas family, uh, family dinner. Wow, mm. that's that's pretty nuts. I just was with my nephews, and no uh, celebrities walked in the door in in, in Long Island besides me. Well, you know, well, yeah, I was gonna say you were there. I mean, you you are the you know. It's, yeah, it's... Uncle Dan is a big deal around Manorville. Uh, yeah, let's get into it. We have <laughs> our year end awards overall. Um, I think it was an up and down year. I think it was like a little bit of a mixed bag, front loaded with uh, a ton of compelling fights. The first six months. Uh, you were talking about this being one of the best years in boxing history. We were getting huge yeah. fight after huge fight, compelling fights, women's boxing, which we'll get into in a little bit, had a resurgence, uh, you know, unification bouts, undisputed fights. The first six months, I was like, damn, like I had my chest out at, at the office. I, you know, I was, you know, looking down on these MMA fans saying, you know, this is our year. This is boxing's year. Unfortunately, still was a very good second half, but the fact that Spence Crawford and, and Fury Joshua both not happening in the span of like 10 days, both those fights breaking down, kind of soured the first 10 months of the year. And it left a lot of fans with a bad taste in their mouth because let's be honest, Chris, this is a what have you done for me lately type of sport. This is a week to week sport. And the last thing fans remember of 2022, unfortunately, is some big fights that weren't me, not the 10 months previous of fight after weekend after weekend of awesome fights. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we had a, we had a strong front-loaded year. Rolling into September, it was like, all right, we're going to knock this thing out of the park. We have all these big fights lined up. You've got the Spence Crawford, you got the the, the Fury Joshua, you've got um, Tank and 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 uh, uh, Ryan Garcia. We're talking, you got no, that was a great fight. But um, you know, all these all these big fights were, were were talked about, but never materialized. And it's even worse when you just you dangle the carrot and then pull it away. You know, you, you shouldn't do that to dogs. You shouldn't do that to boxing fans either because it leaves people with a bad taste in their mouth. Well, boxing fans are rabid, just like dogs. I've always yeah. said that. Yeah. Boxing fans are kind of like, I always say that they're like hockey fans. It's a niche sport, but the fans are rabid. Like the fans love the sport and they'll they'll live and die with it. And I've said it all, when I the Spence Crawford fight broke down. I had I had a breakdown myself and I was like, you got to stop mistreating the boxing fans. You got to stop doing this open these pay-per-views and dangling these fights and unfortunately this is a big part of the year is those last two fights i don't want to spend too much time on it but you can't tell the story of boxing in 2022 without talking about some of the fights that didn't happen and even if um uh joshua fury you know i never thought that was really going to happen that was more of like a pipe dream that was more fury just going through that spence crawford was a big blow uh, but I will say this, whenever you look ahead to 2023, which we'll also do on the show, you know, tank Ryan looks like it's definitely going to happen. Uh, there's big fights in, in January. We're getting plant versus Benavidez. Canelo is going to come back. I do think Usyk versus Fury will happen, uh, by March. So I'm an optimist and you know that about me if you've been following long enough. I think 2023 is going to be huge, but you can't tell a story about 2022 without bringing up some of the, the fights that, that didn't happen. But let's talk about the fights that did happen, right, Chris? 38 yeah, I mean, unified fights this year. Uh, obviously, that's with two belts on the line. 12 of those were undisputed. And this is combining men and women. So more than not, best were fighting the best. Title holders were fighting title holders. It was a very good year, uh, all in all. Like if you look at it from start to finish. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we were like we said, we were so excited going into the last quarter of the year. We just got let down. And like you said, exactly in boxing, it's what have you done for me lately? So we're left with a bad taste in our mouth to, to, to finish the year. But the beginning of the year was awesome. And it, we were we, we, we couldn't keep up with it. But, you know, we had we had a good year nonetheless. Yeah. So um, let's take a look at some at some uh, overall thoughts. I think women's boxing. I think that's one of yeah. the biggest stories of 2022 compelling mm -hmm. fights like 50 50 fights uh, fights that were meaningful sold out arenas. Most notably Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano. Uh, we were both the there. Thing. People, people are tuning in. People are <laughs> tuning in now. Like that's never been a thing before. It's never, you know, it's, it's been gaining popularity. People buying tickets to see women's fights, but now whole shows are being are women's cards and they're still selling. They're selling and people are buying and people are tuning in. People are going. And that's, that's a, that's the biggest shift that I think we've seen in the sport in a very long time, you know, women sell. So that's a good thing for them. They, they made the biggest strides this year for sure. Yeah. And it's a good for the sport. I mean, look at UFC. It's like, yeah. they're almost on even playing field as, as the men. I think this year was a big time where we could just say, like, obviously it's still women's boxing, men's boxing, but you can almost look at it 
as a whole. Like for years, we were not putting women's fights on cards because maybe the talent level wasn't there. You know, maybe it, it just wasn't up to up to the same um, talent as the men. But now, I mean, if you don't have a couple women's fights on your cards, like then you're just like leaving out a whole part of your fan base. But take a look at this year. Uh, obviously, Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano was the biggest women's fight in the history of the sport. Uh, we were there in attendance that night. It was the, one of the loudest I've ever heard the garden. And I've been to a ton of Kodo fights, you two, uh, Trinidad fights. It was a fever pitch. And that whole week felt like something different. I think when we look back years from now, we'll say that Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano was the, the tipping point for making women's boxing what it is uh, today. I would have to agree with you. You know, you know, like you said, we were both there. We were in attendance. I, I did a watch party watching the, the fight live. A lot of people tuned in to watch me yep. talk about the fight while it was happening. Um, but, you know, it was it was an excellent fight all around. It, it was it was built up. They were fighting at the right time, which is a big thing that doesn't happen in the men's division quite a bit is we got guys. These they end up fighting much later in life. They have all these memes of, you know, Pacquiao and Mayweather fighting yeah. and they have a beard, you know, the gray beard. And they're doing the same thing now with Spence Crawford. But it seems like the ladies, because the talent pool is a lot smaller. We're seeing them fight each other at the right time. They're fighting each other in their primes. And that's really what the sport needs, any sport needs. That's where that's where the men's division is really failing us as as fans. But yeah, that fight, not only did, was the, did it happen at the right time, the lead-up was great, but the fight delivered. The fight was actually awesome. It was so a really good, good entertaining fight. Um, it was a super, super close fight. Ultimately, I think the right person won the fight based on based on scoring. But man, what, a, what an event, because that's more than a fight. Yeah, and then we had a few months later, we had uh, Clarissa Shields uh, with her big win over Savannah Marshall. We had Alicia Bumgarner, Michaela Mayer. We had Natasha Jonas, who uh, had a phenomenal year. You know, younger fighters like uh, Ellie Scottney and Scott Nicholson, who's a friend of the show. Like, for the first time in a long time, I think we can have separate awards, and we'll have that on this show. It's like for a while, you never they never got any recognition at the at the end of the year, uh, women's boxing. We never had a prospect of the year. We never had a fight of the year. Never had a fighter. They kind of just was like, oh yeah, that that was a pretty good fight. But I think that that the maybe 2019, 2020, or maybe when Shields came on onto the scene, it started slowly, slowly uh, matriculating, and then 2022 it just exploded. And I expect um to for it to, to keep on going so that was a big story of the year in 2022 was uh women's boxing what do you think was the best division in boxing in in 2022 if you got to kind of consider talent fighting each other uh talent in the division uh young and old uh what do you think was the best division man that's a that's a really good question you know that's 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 a that's a real tough one I'm trying to think about the guys fighting each other um well, we know two divisions that it's not like 147 and 160, which for years yeah. was the best divisions well, in boxing were a barren wasteland this year. Crawford and Spence fought once this year. They didn't fight each other. Uh, we didn't see any of the young guys make any real big strides like Virgil Ortiz or, or Boots Ennis. 160 is an absolute 160 joke. dead. That's, dead. That's, a, that's a that's a wasteland. There's nothing. There's nothing there. I'm going to say one that people might really think about 175. You know, I, yeah, I like the one. fact that the top the top guys are fighting. Um, you know, Bivol with his breakout win against Canelo, obviously huge upset. And then he goes on and he, and he beats up Zerto mm -hmm. and hand, hands him his first loss emphatically, easily even, um, is pretty impressive. Then you've got, uh, better Biev, who is an absolute monster taking on a very, very dangerous Joe Smith, who I think a lot of people were picking, Hey, you know, Joe could get him and better Biev absolutely destroys him. You know, former world champion, Joe has never been stopped. Uh, Joe's never been down like that. So, I mean, we've got we've got top level guys fighting each other. Once that fight happens, which I hope it does happen, and you know, optimism, optimism, Dan, I hope that you believe it will. Pessimistic Chris thinks not, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, no, seventy five is uh, it would be one of the front runners for me. Um, I love thirty five because it's so talent rich. And yeah. there's, but it, there's, there's too much moving around. There's, you know, Tank is fighting at 30, 35, 40, yeah. You know, he's all over the place. Um, obviously the Ukrainian situation really muddled the waters because uh, Lomachenko was out for so long. Um, so a couple of things I think keep 135 out, but man, I love the talent there. All those guys who are buzzing around 135. Um, and I don't think they're afraid to fight each other either. Those mm -hmm. guys are all willing to get in there and do it. So um, that's, that's, that's on there as well. Yeah. I think 135 and 140, those two divisions have the most talent hands down. It's like 20 deep. If you 
combine them all. And I think we'll see Haney fight Lomachenko in 2023. I think Shakur yep. Stevenson is looking for big names, uh, obviously Tank and Ryan, and then Ryan moves up to 140. Who knows what Tank will do? Uh, he might be able to become the 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 guy at 135 if, if Haney moves up to 140. There's no doubt about it. That's like the most talent in all of boxing. Well, then right he, now, then you got Shakur. Shakur's Shakur right there, is too. looking for a name. He's getting, you know, Isaac Cruz is, is ducking him. Uh, you know, he might be fighting uh, Cambosos, who I predicted uh, a few months back that that would be a perfect fight uh, for Shakur if he can't get any of these big names that he wants. But uh, I think Shakur, like I predicted last year, last year's show, that he would have a breakout year, and he, he pretty much did. That wasn't that big of a prediction. But I think he wants to have an even bigger year next year, but I think the politics of boxing – kind of has to wait his turn a little bit once he goes to 135 like he wants the big smoke he wants the smoke but none of these other guys want it just yet so i think shakur by the end of the year um could be that guy but i think the best division in boxing in 2022 was superfly again uh we saw chocolate tito fight uh julio cesar martinez uh then we saw him fight estrada we saw bam rodriguez take out legend after legend uh rung Vasai and quadras ioka and franco are still fighting this year on new year's eve in in japan uh fernando martinez had a huge year uh he had broke a lot of records uh CompuBox records this year when he fought Jerwin and Kaas. it's the best division um I, I don't think it will be the best division for for much longer because a lot of these guys are getting older uh and bam rodriguez is, it has left the division but once again superfly delivered this year i think it had the best year of any any weight class that's that's a great choice. I mean, we all we we gush over Bam all the time and how fantastic he is. You know, him moving like I and I, I agree that it's not going to last for long. That, that that never that never can or never would. <laughs> uh, but you know, having that division be that 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 strong, like those guys are getting older, Bam's moving down. Um, you know, then you got the monster in a way, just a few a few pounds away. So yeah, that's uh that's that's a, that's a great great pick. I think that there's a lot of talent in boxing right now at every division. Uh, the fans are able to watch more boxing than they ever had. Like, like I did illustrate that we are seeing a lot of best versus best. Maybe not getting every single best versus best scenario, but you can't deny that we're living in the golden era of watching boxing, whether it's the zone stream, whether it's ESPN Plus, whether it's Showtime, whether it's Fox, not so much, whether it's ESPN. There's no doubt about it. You can watch a clear stream. I watched a fight last week um, in my brother's car, the back seat, in, in DAZN, on DAZN, on my phone, sitting there. Like five years ago, we never would have thought that would happen. So there are some some positives of the year. I know we're always talking about the negatives, but like there. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to give some pushback on that one because so okay. I, I think there's always been talent. And I think I agree with what you're saying. Like we, it wasn't available. We weren't able to see it. Like all those lighter weights, you know, guys like Ricardo Finito Lopez, who always, you know, kept those those lighter weights. Those are like, wow, amazing. The flushing flash, you know, those kind of guys that we never really saw much of. They were super talented. We never saw them um, because the American fans, were, there wasn't there wasn't a passion for it like there is now. Yeah. Um, but also because there's so much boxing out there, I think we're seeing some fights that don't deserve to be on TV. Well, that's true. A lot of the a lot of these undercard bouts, these complete mismatches with the A side versus Joe Schmo. I, I don't want to see those guys fight. I used to always say, coming up, if you see a guy on TV, he's good. He deserves to be there. There's a reason that they're there. That isn't the case anymore. Some of these long cards where we have Facebook Live, and we're we're seeing fights that just should not be on TV and are actually bad for the sport. Nobody wants to see. You know the Olympian come knock out some taxi cab driver. We don't oh, need to see. Yeah, that. I'm, I'm thinking it's, of Richard. It's an Torres. unfortunate part of the sport, but yeah, yeah, exactly. That I mean, that was that was absolutely brutal. Did not think it to be. We don't want to see that kid's face on national television. Um, so yeah, the, you know, there's 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 good and there's bad because of of all the boxing that we could possibly see. And I remember like when I was younger, maybe like tough man contests are on. I'd still watch it, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'd turn exactly. it on. Be like, watch yeah, it. It's a fight. I'm still going to watch it. Um, but that's just, that's, you know, that's just the, the nature of, of fight sports. Well, it's a, it's a catch 22. It's like, um, there's a catch 22 to everything. Like, yes, we are getting a lot of sports. And I just mentioned all the different platforms on different networks there are unboxing, mm -hmm. but I feel like that's, what's holding up the biggest fights from happening is that these promoters are in partnership with the networks. Like yep. top rank is in partnership with ESPN. ESPN tells Top Rank, you have to give us 12 dates this year. So therefore, ESPN is, or Top Rank is going to have to spread out their entire stable to fulfill their minimum obligation, which is like 10 or 12 shows a year. That's why we're seeing Tank. Um, that's why we're seeing Haney and uh, Lomachenko. Like, oh, let's do it in May because we don't want to do it in, in April. And then who knows what we'll have coming down the pipeline. That's the biggest thing. I think that's stopping biggest fights from happening. Uh, it's not really that crazy of a, of a declaration, but you can see it. Like it's these networks 
are beholden to their promoters and vice versa. And it's stopping the biggest fights from happening because they have to fit a certain amount of fights uh, in one year. Uh, That's a that. great insight in, inside, into inside boxing there, uh, Dan, because I think a lot of people have no idea that kind of stuff is an issue. Yeah. And also, like you said, like, like seeing too many fighters on, 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 on TV, it's like, we come from the HBO era where there was what, two or three fights on the main card, three, sometimes usually two or three. And it, you almost belonged. Like, it was like, oh well, man, like you made it to HBO, like, like two fights. Like uh, yeah. that's huge. That's a big time thing. And you had the Friday night fight feeder system. Well, I was going to say, think about ESPN Friday night fights. Those were like, they weren't the best guys in the world, but God damn, those guys all could fight. And they yeah. all deserve to be there. And they put on some of the best fights that you could ever see in the, in, in the 90s and the 2000s. I mean, my God, I do miss that a lot, though. I miss I miss ESPN Friday Night Fights. Not going to lie. Good year altogether. Let's get into our awards. Here we go. It's while we're here. Everyone gets this very prestigious gold award. Not plastic. This is real, real gold. We'll start it off with moment of the year. I will give mine first. I'm going with the entire month of April. Um, this was a month that featured a ton of stars, a ton of fights. It got boxing fans excited, and it reminds me of what this sport could be if everything went right. And I still think it can go right, even with the dearth of of uh, networks and platforms like we just talked about. We saw Golovkin fight Murata in April. We saw Ryan Garcia in action. We saw Lubin and Fundora, which is up for fight of the year. We saw Spence and Ugas. We saw Fury and White, Stevenson and Valdez, and then Taylor and Serrano. Those all happened on consecutive weeks in in April. It was a very big moment for for the sport. I think every month could be like that. Uh, But my moment of the year, there's a lot of big moments this year, but my moment of the year is an entire month of April. Chris, what is yours? I'm going with the the appearance, the the, the grand arrival of Dimitri Bivol. His defeat of Canelo Alvarez was, I mean, so many people were uh, so, so struck that night. I was in the arena. And I, w- I was working the undercard for for DAZN, and I had so many people. They were interviewing me on DAZN and asking me if Bivol had a chance. I'm like, yeah, he's got a he's got a very good chance. He's he's a terrible style matchup for for Canelo. Um, he's big, he's good, he's young. This isn't this isn't Sergey Kovalev. Yes, it's 175 again. Yes, he knocked out Kovalev. This is not Sergey Kovalev. This is a whole different guy in terms of age, hunger, motivation, skill level. Totally different guy. And sure enough, he gets the upset. People are flabbergasted. I was not, and it, it just it just it it brought Bivol to the to the world stage, which I think he really deserved because he is phenomenal. I've seen him up close for for many many years now, and um, you know it, it switched up the whole pound for pound discussion. That's good, and I think that's a that's a massive deal. It changes the whole year. Everyone was ah well, you know everyone pretty much had Canelo at the top. I did as well. Now with a loss against uh, to uh, at the time a pretty much unknown Bivol. It really shook up the world rankings, and I think that that's a huge event to start in the first half of that year. Yeah, good one, Chris. That's an awesome one. Our fan vote, which I want to thank everyone for voting. Um, This is an awesome aspect of of our awards. It's the first time I've ever done this. Um, Very tight race here, moment of the year from the fans. uh, 40.3% have, or or agree with you, Chris, having Bevo upsetting Canelo as their moment of the year, but outdone by Taylor versus Serrano, which got 41.2%. So, uh, oh, super than a, close. Yeah, very close. The tightest race. So, uh, Taylor Serrano was the inside boxing live fan choice for moment of the year. Can't go wrong with Bivol upsetting Canelo. Can't go wrong with Taylor and Serrano. Uh, I put Crawford's uh, Instagram live uh, as part of the votes uh, when he explained why <laughs> the fence fight didn't happen. Uh, Joshua's post fight speech got eleven uh, percent. Uh, you were on yeah. the call for that one. Hip hip hooray three times, and then taking the flag and the belt. Of Usyk, um, that was a weird moment, uh, for sure. Uh, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that, Chris? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I was live on the call, so it was, it was myself and Chris Mannix and Corey Urban calling calling that fight. I remember you said uh, something like, "That was weird." Uh, yeah, well, Chris Mannix said that was bizarre, and I was like, "I was very, yeah, something like that." But yeah, um, <laughs> it was it was a candid moment for sure because it, it was it was jawing, it was it was jarring. I should I should say, um, but yeah, I mean. Uh, that's generally why fighters aren't allowed to grab mics. You're supposed to hold the mic, make sure that they don't walk off with it. But hey, it, it made for a uh, made for something for us to talk about. Super producer Ronnie Jerez, do you have a moment of the year besides joining our show? I'm glad you just 
took it yeah joining no um in boxing i was kind of thinking about it um i was just gonna say any in a way knockout is a moment of the year yes anytime in a way steps in the ring uh, 6 a.m those are my moments anytime he what about when he came in with that um the electric guitar guy in the ring that's the one that's the moment of the year for me there it is right there that was i just got chills in my tuxedo thinking about that guy on the electric guitar the his electric guitar riff lasted longer than the fight. Poor Nuno <laughs> Donaire, who got absolutely iced. All right, we're one award down. Uh, let's move over to trainer of the year. I think this is an easy one. Uh, I'm going with Derek James. He has got. He's the guy. I mean, if he doesn't win this unanimously, then there's something wrong. Uh, he's got uh, Jamel Charlo, who became uh, undisputed. He obviously has Errol Spence, who unified belts. He's got Frank Martin who had probably, if we had a breakthrough performer of the year, he'd probably be it. Uh, and he's got a ton of other young fighters coming up in that Dallas area. Uh, this is a guy that should have been, who should have won this award in years past. A very soft-spoken guy, but a very powerful trainer in the in the business. A lot of great trainers in, in the boxing world. Uh, Derek James is my trainer of the year for 2022. Same. Not much more to say. I mean, he's he's got such a deep stable of you know, up and coming guys of, of guys who are breaking out guys who've been there, guys who are unifying. So yeah. And he might have Anthony Joshua soon. So add that, add that to the list. Yeah. Uh, fan vote. This was probably the widest one or one of the widest ones. 64% of the fans chose Derek James. I always said we have the smartest fans, uh, smartest community. Um, 16% sugar Hill steward, uh, who did a good job with uh, Tyson Fury, even though Tyson Fury had a pretty quiet year as even though he sold out massive, uh, stadiums. We'll get to that uh, later on. So that is our uh, trainer of the year. That was a good one. Let's go over to, uh, let's get into the women's side of things. Let's go to women's fight of the year. Talk about a wide, wide one. Uh, this one was pretty easy. My choice is uh, Amanda Serrano versus uh, Katie Taylor. Um, we talked about it just before. It was a huge event. It was a very uh, important event and the fight lived up to the hype. I was on my feet Inside the garden, even though you're not supposed to do that in the press in the press area, I don't care. I was clapping. I was going nuts. Uh, I looked over to my right, and I see Ryan Garcia shadow boxing. Look over to my left, I see Jake Paul and Eddie Hearn going at it. Uh, fans rabid. It was one of the coolest fight atmospheres I've ever been a part of, and I can't talk about it enough because after this year, we probably can't talk about it anymore because that's how boxing works. But that's my uh, fight of the year for the women's side, Taylor versus Serrano. Chris. Yeah, there's there's no discussion here. It's it, the fight was fantastic. It was it was the biggest fight that could have been made. It got made and it was good. So the other cool. the other the other you know big fight, women's fights this year the the Clarissa and Savannah Marshall that was a great that was an important matchup. Really really great fight. Really great matchup. Fight was okay. You know it was a, it was a, a, a decent scrap. Yeah. And then uh, you got May, yeah. Mayor and Baumgartner. Bad blood. Awesome <clears throat> lead up. Fight was okay. Taylor and Serrano actually lived up to everything going up to it. Uh, they were respectful on the way up, but man, when it came down to it, they were trying to knock each other's heads off. And that that's what boxing is all about. Well, I think that's just shows that the health of women's boxing, where not every event has to be this historic, you know, like, Oh, it's, let's, let's keep celebrating women's boxing. It's got to get to the point where it's, it's looked at as the same as men's like, let's have a good card. And I thought Meyer Baumgartner um, and Shields Marshall was that obviously was its first ever um, all women's card and it broke all sorts of viewership records and all that. But, you know, it was, doesn't have to be high overhyped to what it was. Like you said, there were good fights. They were, they were fun to watch, but they weren't exceptional. And that's fine. Right. That's just shows you that fine. we're seeing more parody in the sport. We're seeing more talent and we're seeing maybe in more of an even playing field where in years past, you know, it was so many empty weight classes and shields was winning to, you know, all over every weight class, you know, winning all these sorts of, of titles. So that was good. I think. I agree. All right, let's move on to women's fighter. Um, this one could go a couple different ways. I'm picking Katie Taylor. Uh, even though I on fight night, I thought Serrano might have won, but I think I got caught up in the in the hysteria of the night when I rewatched it. I thought Katie Taylor won. If you win the biggest fight of the year uh, in women's boxing, then you should be the, the fighter of the year uh, for for women. Uh, Chris, what do you got? I got Katie Taylor as well. I think that she is so good for the sport. She's a breath of fresh air. She fights hard. I've always thought her fights are entertaining, even the ones that go the you know she usually does go the distance, but she throws a ton of bunches. She she she's very technically sound. Um, you know she's not a big with the talking. She's not going to build the fight in that way, but she's going to make for a good fight and a fan friendly fight. 
and she's willing to fight everybody. You know, she she has and she will. So that that's that's a big part of being the fighter of the year. I would have Clarissa Shields right behind her. I think Clarissa has been, you know, obviously extremely, extremely dominant. She talks the talk. She fights the fight. But um, yeah, I, I, it's just different in those higher weight classes. I think for the women, it's not as competitive. Although Savannah Marshall was someone that I thought that was going to be very competitive, and it was. Mm-hmm. But Katie Taylor is fighting legitimate studettes throughout throughout these divisions over the years. So I've got to give it to her once again, fighter of the year. Yeah, fan vote, uh, 43.7% have Katie Taylor. 28% in second is Clarissa Shields. 22% had Alicia Bumgardner. Uh, Natasha Jonas uh, finished in uh fourth and, and in 2023 i'm just thinking right now we could see all these ladies run it back i think uh oh, yeah. shields and marshall have they've activated their rematch clause even though i thought shields won pretty convincingly but i don't mind seeing that one again uh bumgarner and, and especially Maya. the lead up to that they were they were getting at, getting after each other I, I like that stuff Dude, the women are good at that <laughs> they're selling the fights really well because they get yeah. they really get nasty at the uh, press conferences and, and on social media so i, I like that stuff Especially Meyer and Bumgarner. If we had beef of the year, one hundred percent would be them. Uh, Michaela oh, yeah. uh, Mayer cannot let it go. She's, you know, she's calling for a rematch. Uh, Bumgarner, I think, is going to be fighting for undisputed uh, in early twenty twenty three. I wouldn't be surprised if Meyer and Bumgarner run it back. And then also the big one, Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano. Let's talk of doing it in Ireland at Croke Park uh, in front of eighty thousand. We've talked about this on the show. I was, I thought that there's no way uh, Serrano would do that. But, you know, her team is saying they're willing to do it. 80,000 or whatever, close to that. We could see three huge rematches in, in 2023. I usually don't like rematches, but some of these warrant them. So uh, women's boxing, man, I couldn't say enough good things. That's that's the uh, our women's side of things uh, for our award show. Uh, let's go over to, uh, you want to go, mm, let's go promoter. Promoter of the year. Um Kind of goes in unison with our network of the year, but my promoter of the year was Top Rank this year. Uh, I thought they had a very strong year. Um, Haney Cambosos twice. One of those was an undisputed. Both of them were undisputed fights on regular ESPN. <laughs> Fury White, Fury Chisora, Shakur versus Valdez, Shields versus Marshall, Baumgartner versus Meyer. Inoue fought twice on ESPN Plus. Tiofimo Lopez fought twice. Not to mention all of the young talent that they have. Not to mention some of these other fights. Better BF Smith was on regular ESPN. Uh, ESPN had an awesome year. It's free. Well, if you have ESPN Plus, most people do. Um, Barely any of these fights, I don't think any of these fights were were on on pay-per-view. So ESPN is my network of the year, Chris. Oh, we're doing network network of the year. Yeah, I'm going to go with ESPN as well. And, you know, I I work for both companies, ESPN and and Zone. Company man Um, over here. Yeah, I'm not not speaking badly about anybody, um, but I'm going with ESPN. Their their consistency is really what what I love about them and what they're able to do for the sport and for the fans in general. And the zone, man, you're showing too many of these YouTubers. That's yeah. that's that's my argument. I can't have you. I can't have you win Network of the Year because I I don't want to watch these YouTubers slap each other around and on pay per view. So, ESPN's got it. They have a whole zone has a whole like oh, it's just got, separate it's, it's, like league. They have their own like outfit of the zone. YouTubers, I, I like to see the numbers. I think it's somewhat popular, and I think it's doing well. Like, January 14th, KSI is fighting Dylan Dennis. Who cares? That is like, just... I know, I know these kids care, but I, I don't care. F- f- fight fans don't care. Uh, they should make they should make DAZN Jr. and, and put those these shows Like Nickelodeon on. Jr.? Yeah, exactly. It's for the kids. Mm. Yeah. Fan <laughs> vote. Uh, the fans like DAZN. 41% chose DAZN. Uh, 36% shows ESPN, uh, 20% showed Showtime. It's interesting. Showtime had a, always has good years. They, I think they're the most consistent. Uh, I think they have the best broadcast. Uh, everyone had a, a yeah. pretty good showing this year. I thought, like I said, like this is the golden era of watching um, boxing. Showtime had a lot of pay-per-views. Um, almost all their big fights were pay-per-views outside of Charlo Castagna, which was regular Showtime. Um ESPN, like we just said, didn't have any pay-per-views. The zone, you pay the subscription, but the subscription keeps on rising. Uh, I think it's up to $200 a year now. Last year, I think it was $100. Uh, I remember when it was $10 a month. So things are changing. Um, but I think all, all the networks had a pretty good showing. But in my opinion, ESPN edged it out just because they give you a lot of quality, and it was on regular ESPN. So it was a good year for them. Uh, promoter of the year. If I'm choosing ESPN as network, then I'm going to go with promoter. They're kind of married. They're kind of in bed together. Uh, top rank as my promoter of the year. And then for all pretty much all the same reasons as I just named, are you going to go with top rank too? 
Yeah, I love me some top rank. I mean, we all know that. That, that that's that's my family over there. So I got I got top rank. Old 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 uh old top rank always does it. I mean, Bob Aram wrote the book on on promoting for boxing. So how can you not be promoter of the year? Fan vote was very close. This is the closest one by far. Forty two percent, forty two point six have match room. Forty one point seven have top rank. Coming in third, PBC with thirteen percent. Um. Interesting. I thought Matchroom had a very good year too. They put on fights globally. Oh, yeah. like they're a global force. Uh, you know, doing fights overseas, uh, Saudi Arabia, whatever your thoughts on that. Um, all over the place. They have a whole series in, in Europe. They're putting on obviously big fights in the UK. They're putting on not as many fights here in the US, uh, but they still did some significant fights here in the US. Uh Chocolatito and Estrada comes to mind, uh Canelo Bivol as as well. But they are a, I would say, global outfit. Uh, top rank also too doing those fights in in UK with Fury and in Japan with Inoue. Uh, I think Matchroom had a strong year. Uh, they all had pretty much strong years, but let's let's see where where it continues to go. Uh, yeah, that's one of the one of my not my gripe, but one of the reasons I wouldn't have Matchroom at, at the top is because the US fights. They're just in. It seems like there's been less and less US fights. Where maybe in 2000, 2001, there was a lot more of Matchroom USA, and it seems like it's going a little more towards back to Europe. All right, let's go into saga of the year. There's a lot of sagas in the boxing world. Um, unfortunately, too many, in in my opinion. There were some good ones this year. Um, what did I put for saga of the year? I gotta check my my. Oh yeah, I put Connor Ben's failed PED tests. <laughs> something that we talked about a lot on this show. Um, something that we covered beautifully. Uh, it was our most watched show of 2022. Was when Chris educated the entire world on peds and boxing um obviously it hit home close to you uh but it was a big saga there is no doubt that this left a stain but also it was a learning moment i think that a lot of fighters are going to think twice now before they go and do this because connor ben's career i think is over uh his reputation gone uh you're going to think twice now before you do those those cocktails that you spoke of uh it's still going on this is a saga that's that's still going on ben put out statements uh, it's his wife's putting out statements. It's all rubbish to me because how did you fail two tests? You can say you're innocent. You can cry that, you know, you're being wronged. How did you fail two tests? Uh, this is still the saga of the year for me. It's ongoing. It's unfortunate, but I think there's learning from it. And I think that we handled it so like perfectly, most notably you, Chris, who educated a lot of fans out there and media and, and, and fighters on how prevalent some of these PEDs are in the sport. Yeah, I think that's really the big thing, elucidating the fact that this is going on and it's 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 not as as foreign or in the past as we may think. It's it's still prevalent, still going on. Um it's tests are easier to beat than people think. And that's that's just a harsh reality of it. And it's always it's always been an arms race who can make a better the better designer drug that will pass the tests because there's not really anyone out there trying to get the the better test that's going to find the designer drug. There's, there's, there's no money in that. The money is in, in the drugs that compete the test, not the other way around. So that, that that's tough. Um, but for me though, my saga of the year is, is Fench Crawford because yeah. it's as, as close to home as the Connor Ben situation landed because of the, the Peds and that big fight that I was actually very excited for not happening. I was way more excited for Spence Crawford mm-hmm. and I'm still excited for that fight. And I think that dangled carrot, it's hard to hard to swallow at this point because we were so close and it seemed like we were happy it was happening and i remember i said it in front of maddox when we were we were on air like he and he goes you still think a fight's gonna happen one day i'm like i, I mean i would hope it happened when he goes he's like nah it's not happening and i was like nah man i'm i'm th- i was i was being i was being optimistic dan for a moment there and uh and then no it got it got it got pulled out from underneath us once again and another year passes and these guys haven't fought. And it, it's one of the, it's, we're looking at a Pacquiao Mayweather situation. So oh, yeah. that one, re- that one really, really burns me up. So that, that's going to be my saga of the year. I, when I did the show last year, my year into which I said, if Spence Crawford doesn't happen in 2022, boxing has failed. Like Spence has failed. Crawford has failed. That fight broke me. Like I, I recorded a, a reaction, a raw reaction. And I was like, this is, I have nothing positive. There's no spin on this. Everyone is to blame. Got a lot of flack for that. Uh, obviously, the more we heard about this, the more it seemed like uh, Crawford didn't exactly negotiate in good faith. They're, they're talking about running back the negotiations. Fans do not care anymore. You can't mistreat fans over and over. This sh- obviously, we'll all watch. I think it's 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 already past its, its prime. And especially now with Spence getting into another car accident and him saying that I want to fight again before Crawford. So we're looking at December. 
it's getting into an area where I thought maybe it could do 600, 700,000 buys. I think it's going to do under that. Uh, I don't think they're going to make as much money as they think. That is definitely saga of the year in the fans' minds. 50% of the vote. Uh, 14% was the Hearn Ellerby beef. Uh, those two went at it for a while. Um, uh, you know, my moment of the year could have been, you know, my handshake with Leonard Ellerby, um, <laughs> and the hall of fame in Canastota. What a place to make amends me and Leonard Ellerby haven't heard much from Leonard on, on the Twitter machine. Uh, but I hope he's doing well. Um, saga of the year, according to the fans is, uh, Spence Crawford not happening. All right, let's get in. Let's keep it moving here. We've done moment. We've done trainer. We got to get into the big ones. Now we've done saga. We got to get into the the big ones, Chris. And let's get into our knockout of the year. Some good knockouts this year. Some powerful knockouts. Some big ones. Uh, All the way from heavyweight, all the way down to the lower weights. But in my opinion, there was none more shocking. and was none more cleaner. um, None more unpredictable than Joe Cardina icing Ogawa uh, to win a world title. No one, I picked Ogawa to win this fight. Cardina was not much of a puncher. Second round just lays him out. Uh, crowd going absolutely berserk. Uh, Buwazi or on the on the apron. Uh, you got Eddie Hearn going nuts in the ring. And then they hey, hugged after. I just, for some reason, that one really resonated with me. I know a lot of the fans didn't agree. But for me, Joe Cardina KOing Ogawa is my knockout of the year. How about you? Yeah, I, um, I had Ogawa winning that fight too going into it. And it was... And thoroughly shocked with the way that he was able to to, to ice in the way he did. A beautiful step in one two. You couldn't land a better punch and just put Ogawa away with it. What a perfect, beautiful one punch knockout. That's what knockout should be. But uh, for me, knockout of the year, I like drama. So I got wood wood over common. I mean, the back and forth. Any more drama you know, than that? Oh, you cannot get more drama than that. The fight, the fight was awesome. Um, and and also unexpected. It was an un, that was an unexpected good great fight. For you know, like uh, going into the fight, would you expect that to be the type of fight that you're gonna we're gonna be talking about now? No, probably not. You know, so and then for it to unfold the way it did, Conlon with the early knockdown, and then Wood coming back and 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 putting him away in the fashion that he did. I mean, geez, that uh, I I like the build up, the slow build. You know, the, the shocking knockout early on, those are always great, but I love a fight. A slugfest, a fight, a back and forth, and then it ends in knockout. So for knockout of the year, I got that. Yeah, fans are uh, listeners. Thirty-three percent of you picked Wood over Conlon. I finished second. First at 37 percent. Excuse me, was Caleb Plant knocking out uh, Darrell, and then doing yep. the awesome, uh, awesome knockout too. Oh yeah, there was a lot. Yeah, the digging that thing that went super viral. On on uh, Twitter and, and and social media, that was a sick knock. Another one that you didn't really see coming because Plant's not really known as a knockout no. puncher. Durrell very and, tough, and Durrell's and durable, tough and durable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, Wood Conlon was a huge one, um, but fans like Plant. Uh, Even over, the Wilder Hellenius, though. Yeah, for finished, one punch shot. Yeah, I like that. I like that knockout. I was I was excited. I was like, yeah, hey, this is why we turn we tune into Wilder because he could do that because. That's one thing Hellenius has, has shown, especially recently. He's been he's been a solid heavyweight prospect. And for him to get iced in one round like that, I was like, wow, man, Wilder's Wilder's still that guy. Yeah, it was that was a big moment at the Barclays Center. Uh let's go to fight of the year uh for the men. Uh I'm gonna go with Wood and Conlin. Um that's why I didn't really say much after your knockout, because I wanted to to save the floor for, for 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 that. The stakes, world title on the line, the stage. Two rabid fan bases. They actually had to separate the fans in terms of sections, cheering sections, something they do in soccer. I haven't heard much about that in the boxing world. They had the Irish on one side, uh, and then they had the, the UK fans on the other. It was a rabid fan base. It was a huge stage, and it delivered, man. That was a rocky script right there. Uh, Conlon knocking down Wood early. Conlon not known as a, a knockout puncher. His first world title fight uh, really wanted that. And then... You had Lee Wood fighting his way back into the fight. Um, and then that 12th round was stuff of legends. I mean, Conlon getting knocked out of the ring flush and then landing in his dad's arms. If if you give that script to Hollywood, they'd say, no, that's 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 ridiculous. That's so over the top. But that's what happened in this fight. And on a personal note, I, uh, first fight I ever watched, I, I, I would say made, made my girlfriend watch, was Wood Conlon. We watched it live. 
uh, on the TV, nonetheless. And I didn't even have to watch it on my phone. I pulled it up on her TV. That's how big it was. And she was like stunned by it. And she's like, are all fights like this? I was like, absolutely not. No. Ever. Like, <laughs> no. It was a crazy scene. Uh, that's my fight of the year, Wood Collin. Well, I feel bad for your girlfriend. She's going to be chasing that dragon for the rest <laughs> of her her, her, fan, her fan time as a boxing fan. Right. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, everything I said for the knockout of the year is the reason why this is the fight of the year for me. Um, everything, I, you know, all, all of that. I mean, everything you just said, you said it perfectly. So yeah, Wood Collin, fight of the year. Yeah, fans agree. 46% of our listeners chose Wood uh, versus Collin. 28% chose Fundor versus Lubin. Uh, which you can't fight. go wrong with that one too. This is this I, this happens all the time uh, it, it, with the boxing fans. It's like, wait, uh, you know, what about Fedor Lubin? Like, how can you not can you not pick that one? You know, there was a bigger stakes. It was, a, you know, not no disrespect by any means. Like, I just thought uh, Wood Collin had had more dramatics. Fedor Lubin was was insane. Awesome fight. Back insane. and forth, both fighters touching the canvas, uh, which always makes for a, like I think that's almost the criteria in my opinion for for fight of the year. Last year I had Wilder uh versus fury three as my fight of the year both guys hit the canvas in that one both guys hit the canvas in fundora lubin both guys hit the canvas for in wood conlin uh you can't go wrong with any of those two uh charlo castano finished with 18 percent, which was you a know good i fight. like that i like that fight a lot it was like a good that. fight uh i thought it was it wasn't like as back and forth as i thought it was going to be i think charlo obviously made it not back and forth he, he kind of from like the fifth or sixth round on uh, showed that he was the better fighter that night, uh, but still a pretty good fight. Um, but you know, so a lot of good fights this year. But obviously, the fans and all of us agree here that Wood Conlon uh, was the fight of the year. Last one, did the best for last, fighter of the year. No, no, we 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 missed we missed prospect of the year. We missed the prospect of the year. That's why Chris, we have you here. Prospect of the year. Um, I think I I went with Diego Pacheco. Uh, I know this is mm. not going to be a popular thought. Um, mm -hmm. I think he has the most upside. Uh, I like how fluid how fluid he is. I like how powerful he is. Um, I think he's 18 or or under 22 years old. Could be 21. Mm -hmm. I, I I know he's 21 and no, I think. And he's got all, a lot of knockouts, and he's got a good promoter. Uh, Diego Pacheco is my uh, prospect. How about you, Chris? Great pick. Love that kid. Really love that kid. I, I've called a number of his of his fights coming up. Um, impresses every time out and is getting better all the time. Keyshawn Davis, another kid that I really, really like. There's a huge upside. Uh, Bruce Carrington came out of left field to put on some ridiculous knockouts this year and has been getting better every fight as well. But I'm going Jared Anderson because I think he made the biggest step mm. of any of the prospects on the list, prospects that have fought this year. Also, Xander Zayas, I don't want to forget him. He has been a tremendous, tremendous prospect. I don't know if Zayas won the award before, like consensus. He won it okay. like last year. I think he's, I think he, he's no longer a candidate, or he would have won it again. Okay. Well, I, yeah, no, but I got, I got Jared Anderson. I think he made. I think that that winner of Forrest was huge because Forrest gives top contenders mm -hmm. hell, and for Jared Anderson to put him away the way that he did is really, really eye opening to his ultimate potential, his ceiling which almost seems like there is none. So I'm going prospect of the year with Jared Anderson. Yeah, Jared Anderson, did he win? Um, according to our fan vote, Keyshawn Davis got 39% of the vote. Uh, Jared Anderson finished right behind him, 36%. Diego Pacheco got 22%. I love this fan voting. It's, it's nice and close. It's not like yep. too all over the place. Where, well, because you know, they, know. They, yeah. they, they know. You say we have we have the smartest fans around. And, they know, and for one, they're tuning in because they're smart, because they know that we – We've got the goods, but yes. they also know what they're doing when when it comes to these voting these these uh these votes. Yeah, can't go wrong. Keyshawn Davis, I think, is going to be a world title uh, winner multiple next year. Uh, yeah, next year he's, he's, he's winning title next year. Yeah, he's going to be moved fast. Uh, former Olympian, he's going to be moved just like Tiafimo did, just like Lomachenko did. He fast. He, he might he might jump over contender. He might go right from prospect to world champion. He, yeah, he's he is that good and that far along. Jared Anderson, like I think, cemented the award. Um, even though I didn't pick him, but I think like he made a huge statement when he took out Jerry Forrest in the way he did. Uh, thirteen and 0, 13 knockouts, American heavyweight. Uh, he won't be if on. He this wasn't list out of the ring because of the injury. He would. He would have been easily prospect of fear without without question, probably of everybody because he didn't. Yeah. He he didn't fight often this year. I see Davis and Anderson making huge pushes in twenty twenty three. Uh, maybe Anderson more than Davis because of the heavyweight division. And, you know, it's kind of wide open and he's an American and uh, he's got ESPN behind him in top rank. So I, I think um, 
Jared Anderson won't be on the prospect list next year. Uh, you know, Bob Aram is saying like at the end of 2024, he's he'll be ready to fight Tyson Fury. That's interesting Tyson, to me. If Tyson's fighting at that point, but well, yeah, we can talk about that. Could be a big storyline of this year is like Tyson Fury's antics, and I'm I'm like just so tired of him by now. Like retired, not nah, I want to fight. Now he says he wants to fight David Hay and David Price. Like, come on, bro, what are we doing here? Um, Why? I don't know. Let's get to fight of the year. A uh, fight, fighter of the year. Uh, easy pick for me. We've talked about this on the show numerous times. I'm going with Dimitri Bivol. Uh, this is a guy who defeated the pound for pound number one fighter in the world. And yes, it was an upset. Uh, there weren't many people picking uh, Dimitri Bivol uh, to win that fight. And he did with relative ease against the uh, Canelo. He followed that up by defeating another, or well, not another, but an undefeated top five light heavyweight in Zerto Ramirez. I don't want to hear this revisionist history that Zerto was a bum. Zerto was a top five light heavyweight who was undefeated, huge guy, a lot of skills, and he defeated him very easily. 24 rounds, Dimitri Bivol fought in 2022. He outlanded those two opponents in 20 of the 24 rounds. Unbelievable year for Dimitri Bivol. He is my 2022 fighter of the year. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned that. He, I thought that was the moment of the year, him him defeating Canelo, him coming onto the world stage, him doing what he does. I know you're the numbers guy, so the numbers for him, forget it. Um, you know, I, I had said earlier in the year, my guy, Bam Rodriguez. You're going with was, Bam, aren't you? I'm pushing, for, I'm pushing for it so hard, pushing for it so hard. But honestly, I mean, if it comes down to the award, it's got to go to Bibble. You know, he, he's he's the bigger guy. He, he beat the current top pound-for-pound guy. And that's that's it. And then he he followed up with another victory. I know that Bam had three wins this year. I know that he beat you know Rungvasai, who's an absolute legend and a super tough guy. But he's not Canelo Alvarez. Right. You know he beat Quadras on two weeks' notice, which is crazy. He jumped up two weight classes to become first world title world champion. That's awesome too. Um, you know his third fight was was less memorable, which still good. Fight. I don't care. He, he was still a good fight, and he was still busy. And then he says, I'm going back down away. Like that's, that's awesome. Like that's, that's very cool. So he, he's my, he's in my heart, my, my fan, of, my fighter of the year. But when it comes down to nuts and bolts and on paper, it's gotta be Bibble. 65% of the inside boxing live listeners chose Dimitri Bivol. Um, I think they're on, we're all on agreement there. 21% Bam Rodriguez. Usyk got some votes. Um, and so did Devin Haney. Um, Devin Haney had a really good year. I think he gets uh, a little, I don't know what the right word is, but the fact that he fought Cambosos twice, he came undisputed, which is an unbelievable achievement. But yep. the way he did it, just like pretty much blanking Cambosos, maybe won like 22 of the 24 rounds. Uh, it's hard yeah. to give him fighter of the year, but he had an awesome year. And he took his career and into his own hands. You know, he changed promoters changed networks took whatever less money and i'll fly to australia twice uh and now he's in the driver's seat in negotiations with momachenko love that uh canker and usik who once again virtuoso performance beating uh anthony joshua and improved anthony joshua can't go wrong with jamel charlo he only fought once too he became undisputed yeah. at, at 154 beating castano but and bam like you said bam's year but i just think bivol uh, I think he became like a, a household name for boxing fans. Always was a good fighter. And now he's just like, wow, this guy's really good. And uh, for the next three or four years, he should be in some really good fights. Something we didn't mention about Charlo, you know, his win over Castaño. They fought to a really, really tough draw the first fight, which easily could have gone to Castaño. So you got you got to you got to pull that weighted wise into that win you know and yeah. that's why i said that was that was such an important fight for me because he made the technical adjustments and was able to really take control of someone that was giving him hell the first fight so we, we got to keep that in mind too for people who may may have forgot that that was a that was a rematch ronnie do you have a uh fighter of the year sir in a way well he's in a way guy in a way guy in a way guy that's it I mean, that, you know if you come into the sport late the way that ronnie has i mean anyways anyways can't yeah. go wrong anyways he's the guy he could be looked at as the best pound for pound fighter in the world i don't do pound for pound lists but if i did he would be near the top, like any of these guys. Duval, Usyk, uh, Inouye, Canelo, Crawford. Crawford. I mean, uh, unfortunately, a lot of those guys only fought once or twice this year. Inouye fought twice, but, you know, we want to see him in the States, want to see him in bigger fights. He's moving up uh, to a whole new weight class with a whole new uh, list of opponents. So 
I don't know if in a way we'll be fighting. It's Ronnie's favorite fighter, so that that means something. That that should mean something. He's too. the most electric. He is a lot. He's not dying. You would you want to see him fight in the states? One hundred percent. Right. Get him out of obviously Japan. Like it's it is what it is. He fights at six a.m. and uh, we talked about how much we love. We had no. I I do want to see him in a big fight. Love to see him in person. Like that's like a bucket list type of thing. Is to see get him over those punches land. Uh, so, you know what they sound like on TV is scary. I imagine being ringside watching in a way. You ever see him live, Chris? No, no. Um, I called one of his fights in the bubble, but yeah, that was that was in studio. Yeah, we got. I, I want to see you know that's on my bucket list for for twenty twenty three. Seeing in a way fight live quickly. Uh, most punches thrown this year. William Cepeda, two thousand four hundred ninety two. <laughs> he threw fifteen hundred and thirty six of those in one fight. Uh, which which broke the uh, lightweight record. Lightweight record. Think about that. 40 years of us keeping track of punch stats. Lightweight, one of the best divisions in all of boxing. No one has one thrown of the busier more divisions too. Yeah. No one has thrown <laughs> yeah. more punches in a fight than William Cepeda did this year when he beat Jojo Diaz in October 29th, 1536. Most punches landed in a fight this year. Fernando Martinez, all the way back in February, he landed 427 punches. The 400 club is very rare. Um, yeah. This 300 club is, it, it, you break 300 punches landed in a fight. I think you've done that too, Chris. It it, it means that you if you did some serious, serious work. Uh, Fernando Martinez landed 427. He had a huge year uh, at Superfly. Uh, most punches landed in a round. Take a guess. Landed? W- landed in three minutes this year. Most punches landed. He is a big name. 157. I was the no. fighter, <laughs> and you're off by a hundred. Fifty-seven. I was gonna say fifty-five. Yeah, it, no, he was off by a hundred. My math's terrible. Ronnie was off by a hundred and one. But guess so that 56. fighter who landed the most punches in a round this year. Winner gets a John Boy boxing shirt. Devin Haney. These days, no, close. No, he doesn't. He doesn't throw that much. Um. He's a little guy. He's a little, yeah, but, little king. Bam? No. I want him to fight Bam. Oh, Rome, uh, Gonzalez? Chiquito? Yes. Uh, Chocolatito? Chocolatito. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Against Estrada? Against Julio Cesar Martinez. Oh, okay. okay. His March fight. He, he, he landed 58 punches. And how about this? <laughs> he did it in the 12th round, the final round. Yeah. Old man Chocolatito. Last year, he threw and landed the most punches in any fight, and he did it in 2020 as well, and he also did it in 2011, which I think is nuts. Like, 10 years apart at that weight class yeah. to, to still be able to have that much volume and output. But Roman, it wouldn't be a year if Roman Gonzalez didn't, like, have some type of record. Uh, 58 punches landed coming in the 12th and final round. Dan, I got homework for you. Go, go pull up some of my old, my old numbers. I've I will couple, right now. I think the, the Les Pierre fight. I think you, you definitely threw over a thousand punches in ten rounds. I think I was just under, but um, I threw over a thousand in the fight with Jose Peralta in ten. Hold on, hold on. I have the database right here. This is this yeah. is on the fly. Let's type in Algeri, A L G A R Chris Algeri. Uh, Les Pierre fight. You threw nine hundred and ten punches in ten in ten rounds. That's yeah. a lot. You landed forty percent of your power shots. You landed seventy five body shots. Some good jabs. Forty jabs. You landed two hundred eighty three total punches. Close up. Just missed that three hundred. If you went twelve, look, you definitely would have landed three hundred. Yeah, look at Peralta. Jose per- uh, Jose Peralta. I'm gonna go to this Coil fight. I think that was a war. That was a war too. You knocked that, him out. That was only though. that was only eight rounds. Yeah, you stopped him. Mm-hmm. One hundred and seventy-two punches you landed in eight rounds. Seven hundred. You you were you threw a lot of punches. Uh, I don't know if we have that fight. You're saying, um, Provodnikov. That was a good one. You definitely Pro- have it. Uh, what's his other name? It was uh... you outlanded Provodnikov two eighty-eight to two hundred five. Oh my God! Yeah, I jabbed him. I mean, that's how you won yeah. the fight, and you landed more power shots. Like you out jabbed yeah. him one hundred eleven to forty-one. Yeah, he he's not much of a jabber. He he didn't land much. If you really watch that fight, it's not really a close fight. Oh, I got Peralta else. here. Uh, oh, February twenty third, two thousand thirteen. Um, thousand eighty one punches thrown in ten rounds. That was that was my record. You averaged a hundred punches thrown around. 
for 10 rounds. <laughs> 371 punches landed. 371? 371. Wow. I almost made the 400 club. Shit. For all to have arms? What was he doing? <laughs> I found a lot of holes. What? Ronnie, look at the what last round. That? Our, our, look look our at the last host. round on that one. Last round. 48 of 135. <laughs> 135 in the last round. 10th round. I want to pull up. I'm so proud right now. 371 punches landed. And that what year was sick. that? That was 2013, 12, right? 12, 13, 13. I'm going yeah. to 2013 to see who landed the most punches in a fight. Total punches connected. Uh, total punches. Ronnie, pull that pull that fight up. It's a really fun fight. That's one of my favorite fights Fights of mine to watch. Uh, fighter. Pulling it up right now. You were in the t- you were top ten that year. You you were number six in punches landed Bert. that year. Punches landed. Uh, and Soto Carras uh, landed three ninety, just ahead of you. Juan Francisco Estrada uh, landed four sixteen. Omar Figueroa four hundred eighty. In the yeah, but most... how many of those were twelve rounders? Well, that's that's the thing. Um, wait, this is a wait. What was that fight? That was oh my not god. Rounder. Mine was ten, ten rounds. You're sick. You're a sick man. So 378 in 10 rounds. <laughs> yeah. That year, uh, Evgeny Gradovich, remember him? Yeah. Yeah. I trained with him at Robert Garcia's gym. He landed just under 400, uh, 500 punches in the fight. Wow. He was Top a stud, 10 man. He was impressive. He worked really hard in the gym. All right. That is our episode. That was a fun one. Uh, I love doing these because I like to look back at the year as a whole. Um, you follow me on social media you know i'm always t- looking ahead of what's coming up the next month and uh trying to keep everyone caught up like if you come to my page i like to give you an overview of what's going on in boxing that's why i love doing these types of shows because you can fit an entire year into a, a one podcast uh looking at the next year you have any bold predictions chris get your crystal ball out um well i think i made one of them already Keyshawn davis becoming a world champion i think that that's that's a big one um that's a, that's a pretty big one because he a lot has to go right for him politics wise yeah yeah but i think i think there's a big push for him you know with with the, po- the political team that he has behind him and i think he's got the skills and and he's been progressing that that quickly so that's a pretty bold one do you have any um like do you think spence crawford happens next year yes or no no i don't think so either I don't think so. Especially, I think with this new um, information about the car accident, yeah. um, that's a big deal. We spoke, we spoke on air about this a couple of times. Like, uh, hey, car accidents do damage, whether they're apparent or not. And the fact that Spence has said publicly that he's had some issues that he doesn't want to fight because of that—that's a that's a very indicative thing. And he wants to fight again before. So I I don't see it. The more time that goes, and more fights that happen in between, the less chance that 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 happens. And I don't I don't think we're gonna see it next year which means we're not going to see it ever i see, I do think we get tank versus ryan i think that's going to be a massive fight i hope we're there um i do think we get that i do think we get fury Usyk. i think that's trending in the right division we'll have an undisputed the first ever undisputed heavyweight champion in the four belt era which is kind of stupid because we don't like all those belts but it's history and it's going to probably happen in saudi arabia that would be good right because the heavyweight division this year like barely even talked about it on the show, which is weird because it's probably the the most visible division in all of boxing. But the biggest fight was, was just it was just one fight, one title fight, pretty much. It was uh, Usyk and uh, Joshua. That was the the biggest title fight of the year. The only other one was Fury in these like kind of stay busy fights against White and against uh, Chisora. So hopefully next year the heavyweight division, some of these we see some more fights <laughs> we see fury you know, fight Usyk. we see uh our guy joe joyce get in there and do his thing jared anderson come up the ranks wilder maybe you could fight joshua i i just want to see it like these guys need to cash out this era needs to come to a close with the guys that haven't fought each other well and you know what's so upsetting about all of that is we have the talent the heavyweight division their talent is deep all of those guys are are studs and they can all they can all beat each other at any point because that's how heavyweights kind of function yeah but um we just we didn't get the fights this year, and that's really unfortunate. They could have easily been the best division of the year if those guys fought each year, other, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. But now, be especially because I think we have incredible talent, and everyone they're all so different, right? Because Wilder, he's just a one punch king. Like we, we love that. He's also a good talker. You know, you got Tyson Fury, who is, I mean, larger than life. He's pretty much a cartoon character who can literally beat up everybody in the on the planet. 
Anthony Joshua has got that prototypical. He's the, he's the video game version of the heavyweight champion. That's the guy that I put together to make as a heavyweight champion. And then you've got all the guys below that can actually really fight. Like you Joyce. said, like the Joe Joyce's of the world, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, what about, what about Ruiz? There's always Ruiz in there. He's always, you know, right around the corner to, to upset the apple cart. So we're just talking uh, about uh, punches thrown. Andy Ruiz threw the least amount of punches in a 12 round fight this year. 287 versus Luis Ortiz. Well, it's two, it's two guys with very very low output numbers. Right. Yeah. So, all right, yep, that's the show. Um, good year overall. I rated a solid seven. Could have been a nine if we would have got one of the two: Spence Crawford or Fury Joshua. Should have got Spence Crawford. I don't want to. I don't want that to be the end of the show. Though I don't want to just talk about that. Let's say something positive or say something positive. Well, I do think that we're going into another year with a lot of opportunity. And mm. if nothing else, as much as boxing has let me down, it has always uplifted me. So I'm going with that. I'm 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 ending the year as optimistic, Chris, because I'm usually Mr. Pessimism, but I'm I'm uh and, and that's what it's all about. It's all about winning gold. All about winning gold, all about taking on the championship. And yeah. I think we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of championships change hands next year. Yeah, yeah don't do that. Ronnie, you have any final words for 2023, 2022? What year is it? 2022. <laughs> 22 was a great year. 2023 is going to be so much better. To the moon. We have a lot of big things planned for this show. We have a lot of big things planned for our channel. Uh, subscribe, Inside Boxing Live. Our boxing combine is coming Ooh. out soon. We're going to be going to more fights. <laughs> uh, we're going to be covering the sport uh, a lot more in, in 2023. Uh, some big things planned. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in all year long. Big things in 2023. As always, keep your hands up. Protect yourselves at all times. Stay out of those DMs. Yeah.